This is Magnolia Leadership Podcast, heart, soul, and earth aligned. I'm Katherine Miller, a holistic practitioner of 30 years and your host. Join me as we discuss what it means to lead from the sacred feminine. Magnolia Leadership is here to guide you home, remind you of your courage, awaken your deepest knowing, revealing your fullest expression, and supporting your beautiful blossoming. Welcome in. In this episode, I'm speaking with Nashville-based Brittany Anderson, nurse practitioner turned womb healer. Brittany works intimately with women to help them deepen and heal their connection with their wombs, reclaiming their feminine birthright from patriarchal systems. In this episode, we discuss identifying generational womb trauma, what it means to reconnect with your own womb space, the importance of cultivating a practice that truly honors the feminine and reclaiming our feminine birthright from the systems that have taken it from us. Let's get this started. Let's talk a little bit about your you and your work. Let's let's talk about can we, it. Can we start there? Yeah, absolutely. My work has always revolved around supporting women's health. I've known for as long as I can remember that I wanted to help people. I have vivid memories of my mom, who was a labor and delivery nurse for most of my early childhood, coming home and talking about the babies that she helped to deliver in the hospital and just being so enamored with that. But my path has been really windy. So I didn't really want to be a nurse because all the women in my family are nurses and I wanted to do something totally different. And then I kind of chose the nursing path, honestly, because I wanted to make sure that I could get a job when I graduated from school. But the first, the first day that I set um, foot on labor and delivery, I was like, oh, like I've done, I've done this before. Like I, something in me was like, I, I know this. So I always knew that I wanted to work with like mamas and babies and something in that realm. And so it's taken me to a lot of different places. I, became a women's health nurse practitioner and a doula. And my latest iteration of my work is really, I've realized that I am a womb healer. So I'm here to help. About that. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to help women really access the power that is like encoded in their DNA, like in this iteration of their soul's journey in this lifetime like there's already this plan, right? And I think so much of it is just coming home to yourself and, and being able to access that. And we are uh, brainwashed to believe that we have to find it outside of ourselves. And so I just feel like the the journey is really to come inward and and access who it is we're, we're meant to be in this lifetime. So I feel like that ends up being the work that I do. Can you just talk a little bit about why you think the womb is the important I, yeah, because it's this incredible energetic vessel. I mean, it's literally a hollow organ, so it just holds so much. But then even from just like the energy center perspective, that's the seat of our emotions. That's the like creative, feminine, fertile heart of the body. And, you know, it. I didn't really realize that's what I was doing for a long time. I started doing 
body work because as a nurse practitioner, you know, I'm trained to look at labs and I'm trained to use all the diagnostic testing, but I'm not really trained to put my hands on people and help facilitate healing. And I also have a background in um, fitness coaching. And so what I was finding is that when I could put my hands on people, like I could really make these significant changes in their body. And so I just got to thinking, okay, there's something to this. I want to be able to help heal with my hands. What can I do? So I went and got trained in visceral manipulation, specifically focusing on the belly and the womb space. And as I started to really get into that work, I started to realize, okay, this is really there's so much here. There's so many layers of trauma and shame and just people don't realize that they're so disconnected from their part of that, that part of their body until we start doing this work. And it's just really, you can just see this change in them like almost instantaneously because they've never really connected to that part of themselves, which to me is just, it's just mind blowing. Why do you think it's important to heal our wounds? It sounds like there's a individual healing that happens in terms of women's energy, fertility, relationship to their reproductive health as a woman, right? Yeah. But what you're kind of pointing to is there's more. Yeah. I think there's so many layers. (laughs) I I want to go into the layers because I think that's the juicy stuff. So there's like the body and then I heard. Okay. So let's, let's look at the layers. Cause I think this conversation is one that needs to be had that people don't really have access to oh. at least through someone who really holds a special bridge mm-hmm. between the body and the soul. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's a conversation that is special about you because you can represent the more medical view, but also this womb healer. And I think the combination of those is something that a lot of people can access. So I'd love to like go in a little bit deeper to why this work is important to individuals and to our collective. And, you know, you and I, this is our jam. (laughs) (laughs) This is our jam. Like this matters a lot. Yeah. So what I have found pretty consistently is that there's so many layers to trauma and like the collective trauma that women have encountered for thousands of years now, it just builds and builds and builds and people don't even realize that they're carrying it. So this is a lot, this has been a lot of my own work. This has been a lot of like actually looking at the literature that we have. Like we know we have beautiful evidence of like passing down trauma from generation to generation it's just absolutely fascinating. And so one thing that I have seen really consistently when I even just speak to my clients is they'll tell me something like I've got chronic pelvic pain. Every time that I, you know, exercise or I have sex, I have all of this pain. And then we start kind of digging into that and they didn't actually have any trauma. And then we go a little bit deeper and like, well, okay, what's going on with your mom? Well, my mom has the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And do you know anything about her story? No. And then we, I mean, I have one who we even went back to the grandmother. And if you think about what was going on, you know, in her grandmother's generation 40, 50 years ago, there's just so many layers to it. Like maybe her grandmother had a sexual assault. Maybe it was just this purity culture. This keeps coming up for me. Um, this purity culture here in the United States is just so toxic. 
And, you know, even in my own experience, when, um, you know, I was 13 or about to turn 13, my sex talk, if you will, was if you get pregnant, I will disown you. Like there was no education. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just like scared to death. And that just, you know, completely shut me, you know, like I, sex wasn't even on, in, on my radar because I was so terrified, um, that I would be disowned if, you know, cause of course you're going to get pregnant if you have sex. So I just think there's so many layers to this and just the persecution because, you know, we are the portals of, of freaking life. We are portals from, you know, the heavens to earth. Yes. And so we have so much power and there had to be a way for the patriarchy, if you will, to, to quash that, to get us under control. And by telling us that our bodies are dirty and sinful and we can't be trusted, that is how they brainwashed us into believing that those things were true and that, you know, we have to like, really, um, we can't feel into all of that power that is like our birthright because men can't be trusted and it's going to bring bad things. And we're, you know, we're the reason for sin and, you know, all, all of that. So I just think there's how did that show up in your office in someone's body or how did it show up in your body? Like, how do women know yeah. if they're listening to this, that they could be carrying a trauma legacy, either through their own lineage or even further back to where patriarchy disrupted the womb religions, right? Yeah. How would a woman tap into that or or what, how do you see that present in a woman's body? Yeah. So I have one client who comes to mind because she was really the one who kind of awakened me to this. She came in to see me because she was um, 36 and had stopped having periods. She hadn't had a regular period in about two years. And her um, nurse practitioner had diagnosed her with premature ovarian failure, essentially early menopause and told her she needed to go on some kind of a hormone therapy because, you know, there are a lot of risks associated. And she didn't want to do that because her mom had a history of breast cancer and she was worried about the risks. So she came to see me very much um, for the functional medicine piece. She wanted to, you know, do more hormone testing and look at supplements and all the things. And I always do a really thorough abdominal exam. I really do a, a thorough physical exam because I think that's um, an art that is very much lost in modern medicine. Mm. I got down to her, her womb space or her belly, and I could just sense that there was just this block, like right over her uterus. And I just put my hand there and I just told her to breathe into that space. And I said, what's here. And she just burst into tears and we had already been together for, you know, about an hour. And she just said, you know, I have had a really, really significant history of sexual trauma throughout my entire life. There've been multiple assaults and that's not, she didn't tell me that in her intake when we were just talking And she probably had repressed a lot of that. So just by like, she was so disconnected from that space that she, her mind couldn't even go there. Mm -hmm. So that's a really common thing that I find is that women are just so disconnected from that womb space that they can't even access the trauma. So simply by like putting your hands on your belly and breathing into that space, I find that sometimes that is what like unlocks it for them. So could that be a a at-home practice that people could try? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in cultures around the world, belly massage is like a part of your self-care. Like that's just a way that you 
take care of your body. And I find here that it's just, it's just not a thing. And from what I understand, I've spoken to many massage therapists, like that's actually something they do in their training, but it's just not something that is normalized here in the United States. So it's actually not super common to have anyone rub on your belly. But if you think about that's where all of your major organ systems are, like, why would we not be rubbing on the belly? So yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's reconnecting to that space. And, you know, I think also just from like a canical perspective, think about the way that we, our posture is every single day. Like we're sitting in desks. Most of us are hunched over or looking at our phone. So we don't have a good upright posture. Um, most of us aren't using our diaphragm to breathe. So we're not getting good movement of the diaphragm and pelvic floor together. So that's part of the disconnection. So I actually first started seeing this when I was working as um, a fitness coach and I was working with postpartum moms and trying to get their lower abdominal wall to start responding because it's pretty important, you know, to rebuild that space after having a baby and they couldn't access that space. But that's likely something that was a problem well before they had a baby because most of us are disconnected from that area. Okay. That's fascinating. Yeah. So just starting to pay attention, bring awareness to the belly, maybe doing some gentle breathing in and out. Some self massage as a practice. Yeah, I mean, just breathing and getting a good deep breath and getting that breath all the way through, like your pubic bone. Like, no, and we aren't taught that. Yeah. Okay. Can you talk about your own journey to discovering that you are a womb healer? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, you were you were present for it. I know, but I think it's something that you know. Every time that we reclaim. Mm-hmm. And remember who we are and tell that story with its, the expansion of it, but also the challenges of that. Yeah. I think it gives other people permission. Absolutely. What you're standing for here is that ultimately what you're saying is if we reconnect to our womb, we are healing ourselves, our bodies, our lineage, layers of trauma, and ultimately reclaiming power from these structures that have taken it from us. Absolutely. So it's, it's pretty radical. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and it's what we need right now. And that's what we're called. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about remembering the sacred feminine and bringing that power back into our bodies, our relationships, our institutions and our bigger systems. Right. Yes. But it starts with us. Yeah. I think I'd love it if you're open to sharing a thread of that. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah. Just tell us the story. When yeah. did you realize you were a womb healer? <laughs> well, I had, um, I had the very beautiful experience of being pregnant with my last baby while I was doing this work. So I, people come to me quite often because they're having challenges with getting pregnant. And so I do this womb work to help facilitate fertility. And in 2020, I was pregnant with my last baby and I started to notice because pregnancy is just this beautiful time when you're so, if you're open to it, you can have this amazing, just like intuitive, like you're just like this channel. Right. And so I started to notice that I would get these like hits when I was working on clients And I would think to myself, I can't say that out loud because I'm going to sound like a crazy person. This person came to me because I'm a nurse practitioner, blah, blah, blah. I have all these letters behind my name. Like I can't say this shit. And my baby boy would start kicking me if I, if I wouldn't speak. Amazing. (laughs) And, and, you know, I have this big round belly 
It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, the work that I'm doing is usually like the, the clients can feel him kicking. Cause I have their body like up against mine. Like it's very, you know, we're right in each other's faces. And so they could feel him kicking, which is so amazing. And every single time when I would like speak, what was coming through, it was spot on. Mm-hmm. So he was really what started to awaken me spiritually. Uh, so I, I was realizing like, okay, what I'm doing here is a lot more energy work than I even realized. And so, you know, cut to last summer when we are sitting in meditation together in Massachusetts and, um, with this amazing group of women and we come out of it and the woman sitting to my left looks at me and she just says, I think you're here to heal my womb. And, you know, her story, she had had multiple C-sections and just was really holding on to a lot of trauma from that and not really sure if she's ready to be done having babies. And there's so many layers. There. And, but when she said those words, like I had never called myself a womb healer. I mean, what the hell is that? Uh, <laughs> and I just, but my whole body just started like tingling and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that's what this is. I didn't know what to call it, but this, this is womb healing. And that's what I'm here to do. So it was a remembering. It was a remembering. Yes. A deep remembering. Yes. Mm, I love that story so much. It was beautiful to watch it happen too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I still, I mean, it's been interesting because to introduce myself as a womb healer, because even, even before I called myself a womb healer, when people would ask me what I would what I did, it was hard, depending on what crowd I was in, I would say, Oh, I'm a nurse practitioner. Or, you know, like I wouldn't say like, I do, I do body work and energy, you know, I, I just didn't know what to say. And now I'm just like, I'm a womb healer. Uh, how are you being, how's that being received? Usually people are like, well, what is that? Right? Like I've never heard of a womb healer. What is, what does that even mean? So it's great because it really facilitates conversation and, you know, people are really curious, which mm-hmm. is lovely. It is. So you, it's, it's well-received and people are interested. I think because you are also, you know, in functional medicine and nursing, you have a lot of credibility when you step into something, but I want to talk about us being visible in our true essence, right? Because I think, um, well, I'm a healer also and have these profound, deep experiences with healing that are really difficult to bring into into modern context, right. And have conversations around Mm -hmm. and we have to be visible. I really believe that we have to be visible at this time to be leading the sacred feminine into the world. And yet here we are talking about kind of one of the, I don't know, I feel it as a restriction. Yeah. Not how we come forward as women and really speak our true gifts, which is in this story, a deep remembering a deep intuitive knowing of how to heal with the hands. Yeah. Right. That's such an old lineage. It goes way. I mean, it goes back to biblical times and before, right? Right. How we have been conditioned to think that those are the things that aren't acceptable. Those are the things, right. That are not valuable. And so as a sacred woman leading, and that's what you and I are trying to do, right doing, not trying to do, doing, I think it'd be helpful for other women to just understand that that's, that's part of the conditioning. 
it's part of the journey. And to actually claim a womb healer, to claim that is pretty powerful. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Um, it definitely feels scary, but it feels so in alignment. And so now I just, I have so much clarity. Whereas like, like I said before, I feel like, you know, I, I kind of went the nursing path because I always knew that I wanted to be a healer. And that was the, um, the, the path that was presented to me, right. That was, that's the path that you take. Um, right. That's why I have a degree in counseling psychology. It's right. like, that was okay. Right. And, but I never really, I was like, I can't, I can't ever find my place. Like I don't fit in this box. I don't fit in this box. I haven't worked. It hasn't worked out in this practice. Like what is wrong with me? Because I'm trying to like mold myself into, you know, this like very standardized idea of what it's supposed to be. And, you know, now stepping into just claiming I'm a womb healer, like this is it. And I get to figure out what that looks like. And it just feels like so much expansion and so much spaciousness. So is that, is that your expression of leading from the sacred feminine? I think so, because, you know, especially the way we've been conditioned, you know, you just, you work really, really hard. You, you know, you get your degree and then you go get your master's degree and you have all those letters behind your name. And then you just keep getting more education and, and then you have to maintain your licensure and, you know, make sure you do all your CEUs. And it's just such this masculine, like constrictive way of, of existing. Whereas like the feminine is really like, all of this is already inside of you. We are peeling back the layers and exposing who you actually are. Amen. Like, how cool is that? It's already Amen. there. Amen. Yeah. I think that's a message that needs to get out. We're already fine. And I know this is something that you've worked really hard on. Yes. Right. This conditioning, because you, you are a part of that system, right? You're, you've been yeah. in the medical system and are, you're more on the outside though, right? I am. I have, I have been in my own practice situation in some form or another, basically, as long as I've been in practice, I lasted like barely a year, um, on the conventional side of things as a nurse practitioner in about two years as a floor nurse, because I just, I just, everything in my body said, this is wrong. This is not where you're supposed to be. Get out. And I'm so grateful for my training and my education. I appreciate that. It gives me, you know, credibility, if you will, but like that was never where I was called to be. Okay. Interesting. So you figured it out quickly. I, I did. Um, which was really hard. And like, I've just spent all this money on my education. Like, why can I not like just get it together? It really felt like there was something wrong with me. And that's, I really struggled with that for a long time. Well, why can't you just make this work? Like what, it, you know, what's wrong with you that this is not a good fit. Um, and that was really, really hard until I realized like, no, I'm actually here to lead. I'm here to, to show a different way of doing this. That is more feminine. That is more supportive. And that gives us that space to create and not just follow these very rigid rules. And that's probably why the more functional medicine approach appealed to you. Cause it's more holistic. 
Well, it's really the nursing model. I, I finally took my first functional medicine course for nurses and, and the instructor said something that was just so beautiful. She was just like, it should be called functional nursing because the nursing model is looking at the whole person versus the medical model, which is looking at the symptoms and giving a diagnosis and identifying the disease and then figuring out the treatment. And so I just, I really appreciated that, but that that's the, at the heart of nursing. Now nurses don't necessarily get to do that because they are bogged down with all of the, you know, the clinical pieces and the charting and the legal stuff and the quality assurance and all of these things that don't really allow them to step into their nature as healers, right? That's what they're there to do. They want to be, yeah, they want to be at the bedside. They want to be comforting the patient. They want to be the shoulder to cry on. And they don't get to do that a lot of the time. Like in your work, you're even going deeper because you're saying, yes, we're looking at the whole body, but we're actually connecting to soul. Yeah. Which was the piece that I felt that was missing because I had, I've been practicing functional medicine for over a decade and it was, it's really been in the last couple of years where I, I just kept, I was feeling like, okay, there's, there's another piece that I'm missing. Um, and I was feeling this not only in my work, but my, my life with my boys, like I wanted a more sacred life in general and stepping into that has, you know, has changed everything. It's changed everything about our family life. It's changed things about my marriage, about my work. And that was really the piece that I, yeah, that I didn't realize was missing. So as you've stepped into it personally, you've been able to bring it more deeply into your work. So now it feels like you're like body soul. Yeah. In that special place. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about our bodies as being a sacred vessel? Yeah. Why it matters that we're even talking about our bodies. Yes. I mean, I feel like, you know, so much of the work that I did for so long was very focused on the, the physical body and, you know, and really caring for it, you know, looking at nutrition, looking at movement, looking at all these things, but now with bringing in the sacred piece, I mean, this is the home for your soul in this lifetime. So it matters. And, you know, I have this experience this week where I was just, um, I was in tears because I was looking at old photos of me as a, as a new mom with two little boys under two years old and I'm tandem nursing and I've got these like, you know, big bags under my eyes and I'm so exhausted and just so drained and just, you've got to do it all yourself. And I mean, (laughs) I mean, my poor soul, like it was just barely hanging on in that body. So yes. Yes. Oh but everything, you know, society is telling you, you just, you just gotta, you know, put your head down and work harder and just get through it instead of the messaging of like, you've got to care for yourself first and fill up your cup and all of these, you know, these things that I know now, and luckily I, you know, had access to with my third baby, but, oh my gosh, I just, I can still feel that like, tired to the bone feeling in my body. When I think about that poor woman who had those little babies. Yes. And so this is a place where our system's really out of balance. Absolutely. Right. Where we have these beautiful sacred vessels bringing life forward and then nourishing life alone in their, they, you know, alone in their homes, 
completely depleted, desperate for their partner to come home and give them a moment's relief, right? So, you know, when you think about a beautiful world, I don't know, for me, I think about a village Absolutely. or a place where mamas are not alone, you know, where they have the care they need. The mama gets the care, right? That when we really talk about care, I think it's one of the most important places, right? Where we're taking care of mamas through this birthing portal, but especially right after where the risk for depletion is so high, right? So I think, you know, when we talk about returning the sacred feminine, it's not just leadership as a business owner, which, you know, we value and think is really important, but it's, you know, how do we as women take a role and leading the most beautiful lives that we can possibly lead that are completely connected, holistic, healed, beautiful relationships with ourself first, right? And then with our babies, our partners, our communities and our world. So it's a very big conversation. It's kind of, it feels like hard to get the, the arms around sometimes, but I think this key piece right here shows how off we are. Yes, in so in so many ways. Um, my my sweet my sister is starting to have a conversation. She just got married last year and is starting to think about, you know, having babies. And she was poor thing, you know, was looking at her benefits for maternity leave. She's a teacher in California and you know, was just devastated to see, you know, that she'll have to use all of her sick days and there after that she'll have to pay for a sub. And it's just you know, she didn't have any idea. I'm like, yeah, you know, I've never had maternity leave benefit. Like we just don't value that. And how tragic is that? Tragic. Especially when, you know, our kids are getting sicker and sicker. There's more childhood obesity. There's more allergies and asthma. And, you know, if we could support moms in early postpartum and and help get breastfeeding rates up and give them the care, then don't we think that's going to trickle down to the health of our children, which is really where we should be investing, right? It's just, yeah, there's so many pieces to that. And I think I read a statistic recently that, or I heard it, that they're all of the women, the CEOs in the world or in America, it's only 8% are women. Right. And so part of the, there's so multiple levels here. So how do we get more women into these leadership roles in business so that they're making policies that help mamas, Mm -hmm. right? How do we get more business leaders going? Because the whole thing trickles down. I think we're seeing a shift, but that statistic surprised me. It's unbelievably low. And very, and very few of them are moms because how do you how do you do that? In those years when you're really starting to come up in advance, like those are your prime childbearing years. And so a lot of women have to leave the workforce or create a whole new job, which is a lot of what I did. Like I wanted to be able to be home with my kids as much as possible. Yeah. So I had to kind of create something a little bit outside of the box just to be more supportive of the life that I wanted for our family. I'm just seeing this vision because, you know, that's what I did too. I I left the traditional business world, went back and got a degree and then left that world. I mean, basically I've had to set myself up separate. So there's all these, all these different pods of mostly women that I see who are doing really innovative healing work, like really innovative one-on-one small group type healing work in these little isolated pods. I was just seeing a vision of all of those linking up, right. As an alternative paradigm, Mm -hmm. because that's what you and I are talking about. 
right? Right. We're not talking about taking on the thing or fighting it in a system. Cause as I, as you're talking to me and I haven't really made this connection before, it's like, there's a different paradigm mm-hmm. that when we step out of the systems that are toxic and say, we're not participating. And by the way, there's people who stay in like our good friend, Shelly, right. And it's really valuable Absolutely. that we have people in there. So this is not, there's not a right or wrong, but it's almost like there was an underground network mm-hmm. forming that is birthing right now. That's how I feel it. I agree. So many of us in these little pods and really when you connect with the earth and understand how she rebirths and regenerates, we're right where we need to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so I think the more, more of us coming together and having these conversations or finding business models that support you know, this kind of work, um, speak up about it, share our work, encourage other women. If you have an inkling of wanting to do something in this direction to support yourself and your family to show up and say, we're doing it right. I'm a single mom. I've supported my family completely outside of the system, right. Have your own business outside of the system. You have wonderful clients that are showing up for this work, right? So I, I really want to like give some hope to, <laughs> yes. right, to women who are listening and are like, I want to do something too. I want to help too, or I want to heal too, or I want to be a part of this sacred feminine leadership, right? Wow. Wow. But just listening to that and taking the next step is really the journey, right? Right. What would you say to a woman coming to you who started to have an inkling that her that there was more to life, that there was something below the surface that she wanted to birth into the world? Yeah, I I think that it really starts with creating your sacred practice, which, you know, I had had a pretty consistent, you know, meditation practice, if you will, for, you know, I think I started it before I got pregnant. And it was really helpful for me because I had a miscarriage with my first baby. So every morning I would meditate and just kind of see what things would come through. And I think that's really the place to start because Mm -hmm. we are all naturally intuitive. Like we are all able to tap into the vast network of all of this incredible knowledge and these downloads. And again, your highest self, like it's already in there, right? It's already in there. So if we can just like give us ourselves the space to tune in, I think that's where it really starts. And then from there, you can start to listen to, okay, well, what is it that I'm actually drawn to? And what is the type of work that I'm wanting to do? And then it kind of just like builds on itself. I had no idea I was going to be a womb healer, but I always knew that I was really drawn to this like sacred time in a woman's life where she is starting the path to motherhood and then like navigating like new mamahood. And so I just kind of peeled back and followed the breadcrumbs and, and it kind of just built on itself and, and brought me to exactly where I needed to go. But I had to really tune in because the other problem definitely with me is that, and I think a lot of women can relate to this, like, oh, I just need another training and then I'll be the expert and people will want to come to me instead of again, like, no, so much of that is already in you. And also I'm going to do all these things for free because I'm not an expert yet. Mm -hmm. And 
why would anybody want to pay me for this? Mm -hmm. So there's so many juicy things you just said that I think relate to the feminine, right? We need space Mm -hmm. from the womb is a, like you said, it's an empty space through which life comes, right? So we actually need space to be creative, but our world tells us do, 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 be, 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 right? Do more, do more. So part of it is just like radically claiming. And this, I personally find really hard. This space is valuable. I'm going to rest. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to dance. I'm going to do whatever I need, right? To create this space. And the second thing that you said is the intuition. There's already a knowing built in to our bodies, to our soul, right? And then this idea of following. So we're not making a 10-year plan and following every step. We're actually engaged with the creative energy of the universe, God, goddess, whatever we want to call it, right? And we're in response and we're following. It's like there's a beautiful treasure map that we're following, but we don't know where the treasure is. It's a different, and that all of those things are to me, sacred feminine. Yes. Okay. And I'm thinking if a woman is listening to us and she has three little babies, Mm -hmm. well, that's nice for them, but you have three babies. I I have two children. And, you know, I've had a regular sacred practice for 25 years that I do not miss. Right. And it's just, I love that you said that's the starting place. Cause I think that's a really good advice. And there's just a claiming and a discipline that nothing is going to get in the way of that. And you can have flexibility around it. Right. I think it'd be fun if you're open to it for both of us to share, like what that looks like for us, our sacred practice. Yeah. Um, well, I, I say, and I think this is true for anything. It is so much more about the intention than the amount of time. And part of stepping into the feminine work is flow and flexibility, right? It's not like this rigid routine that you have every single day, which I agree there's a time and a place for that. And like, I was an athlete, so that's, you know, I had to train, a lot of that yeah. stuff. but you know, for me, like, even if I can give myself 15 minutes in the morning to like, for me, like my sacred start actually is I get up, I brush my teeth, I wash my face and I spray beautiful oils on my body because like I have prioritized my like basic hygiene and self-care then. So then even if my kids get up right after that, like I, I still put myself first instead of like getting up and, you know, starting to make them breakfast and just tending to their needs. Beautiful. So it's about your intention around that stuff, right? right. Not just walking through it. You're right. And then like, ideally I have, you know, an hour, normally it's about 30 minutes and I normally will light a candle, do some really gentle movement. And I like to either journal or just kind of sit in meditation. And I like to just ask like, what is present today? What's present in my body? What needs to come through today? And then I always ask like, how do I need to be of service today? And sometimes it's like, boom, I get the answer immediately. Um, sometimes I have to write for a little bit and stuff will start to come through. And then sometimes it'll be stuff that just kind of trickles through throughout the day. But again, it's like so much more about like creating the space and the intention. And then, you know, I make it a goal to do it at least four times a week. Normally I'm better than that. But for me in this season, that is good enough. Mm, Good enough. There's another wonderful little, 
Okay, so what you're describing is truly a sacred practice that is feminine. So I'm also a, a meditator and have been and, you know, done all of the discipline training. And I do think it's really valuable, but that was created by men. Mm-hmm. Most of the things that I've been trained in and what you just described is kind of just being in it and letting it emerge and moving with the flow of whatever it is you need. Mm-hmm. Right. So it doesn't have to be it, it almost what, you know, I think for me, I want my practice to feel good. Mm-hmm. I have like, you know, the oils and the flowers and the candles and the specialty or whatever, but it's, that's all about feeling good, having pleasure be, you know, front and center, not just wild and it's not, that's not what I mean, but I want it to be like, this is a yummy part of my day. And what I find with clients is that mind shift from, I have to do this in a certain way, right. To yes. My sacred practice time is actually a time for me to feel good and come into what is pleasurable and set my system for that for the day. Mm -hmm. And then people can, once it feels good, guess what? I want to do it again. And it just sort of follows, right? And you find yourself wanting to do this practice because it makes you feel good and it sets your day up beautifully. Yes. Yes. I love it. And even, you know, sometimes one of the boys will pop in and they kind of know now like, okay, mommy is, you know, having her sacred time. So sometimes, so sometimes they'll come and sit with me. They, um, you know, we have really incorporated, we call it, you know, our, um, our Sunday circle time. So we do sacred practice together as a family on Sundays, most Sundays, and, you know, we keep it short. I have a two-year-old, a four, a five-year-old and an almost seven-year-old. So, you know, they last for about 20 minutes, but we always have this like sacred time together. So they've kind of started to realize like, oh, we leave mom alone or we come and sit quietly with her and breathe with her. I love how you're bringing it into the family. Do they love it? They, um, sometimes I think that they hate it and then they'll ask me to do it. (laughs) So, so I do think that they appreciate it. And it is really sweet. You know, when, when they're feeling upset about something they they'll be like, I'm going to practice my deep breathing. And like that to me feels like such a win as a mom, <laughs> I love that. right. Or they're going to put their oils on because they're feeling, you know, frustrated about something. It's as you're talking about everything, everything that you talk about is holistic. Your work is not separate from your family. No. Your sacred practice is not there. It's like the idea of separation just sort of goes away. Mm -hmm. You're just living this life from something inside of you that resonates. It's too hard. It's too hard to compartmentalize everything like that because then you're, you feel like you have to be a different person in all of these different spaces. And that's exhausting. You have so much wisdom to share. I'm glad we had a chance to chat. Thank you. What would you like people to know about reaching you or a way to work with you or find out about your work? How can people learn more about you? I'm very active on Instagram. Um, so Britt E. Anderson is my handle and my my website is a wombinbloom.com. So I love working with preconception and pregnancy and postpartum, but I work with women that never, ever desire to have children, but want to more deeply connect to their womb space that need to heal trauma, that want to really nurture their bodies. So I love it all. Come to you in, in Nashville or do people work with you online? How does it work? 
both. So I offer functional medicine consulting uh, virtually. Although I have clients in Australia, I have people all over the place. And then I do my womb work in Nashville, and I actually offer people can come in like people flying from out of state to come do intensives with me for the womb work, which is really fun. Okay, beautiful. Okay, all right. Well, thank you. Thank you. This was lovely. Ancient voices. That's it for this episode of Magnolia Leadership Podcast. Having you here is such a blessing. As a Magnolia woman, we are leading from our deep aligned power to bring our full bloom to ourselves and our gifts to the world. If you're inspired by this podcast, I invite you to share it with someone or leave a review. Sign up for our newsletter or one of Magnolia Leadership's upcoming in-person or online offerings at magnolialeadershipco.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, so much love to you.